I'm totally willing to accept women who have large labia, even though I would prefer them to have innies. Okay. Uh, this, boy, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is, this is something, something else altogether. I mean, right. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with a combination of straightforwardness, penis jokes, and deadpan delivery. I've planned what I think will be a great show today with topics including asymmetry in partners' kinkiness, asymmetry in pubic area shaving expectations, and initiating sex while your partner is sleeping. I'm Keith. My co-host is Mike. Hello, Mike. Hey there, Keith. So... Yeah, I'll just do the normal intro stuff. Please rate and review the show. Please tell your friends and please contact us with any feedback or questions you may have for the show. We pay 10 whole dollars for any and all feedback received, although negative feedback is the most useful to us because it's the most actionable. And as a bonus, it indulges, it indulges, it indulges Mike's masochism. Okay, that joke didn't work. We can be reached at YMMVPod on Twitter or at YMMVPod at gmail.com. Okay, Mike, you suggested before we were recording that you had something for Patter. Yeah, I have something to talk about. <clears throat> First, I just wanted to uh, really quickly, we have uh, lots of listeners around the globe, but we have one consistent <laughs> listener. We have one consistent listener from Reykjavik, Iceland that I wanted to oh. uh, shout out and uh, and uh, <laughs> thank for listening to the show. Um, just notice it on our little map of listeners every time. I thought... I should believe we've uh, both been to Iceland, right? We have, yeah. Yep. So it's a favorite destination, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. send us an email if you want to ask a question or uh, or get ten dollars. Make yeah, <laughs> we'll get a, do a, give a review, make yourself known. We yeah, it's always one lone dot on our map. The other areas we have lots more, uh, a lot fewer right now in um, certain parts of Eastern Europe than usual. Hopefully yeah. that'll uh, come back. Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, I uh, wanted to bring up a topic. Uh, we talked last week about <clears throat> somebody whose uh, girlfriend wanted gave him the option between uh, sort of a long edging process while watching a movie and um, a longer oral session after the movie, you know, basically requiring a certain level of sex from him. And this is sort of related, uh, not necessarily the same people, but a related topic uh, of people where you have a libido libido uh asymmetry yeah. um yeah. and it's it's interesting um there's a, there's two topics actually that are interesting here one is depending on the gender genders and then the other one is like solving that by basically agreeing to some kind of schedule mm-hmm. uh where you basically say okay you know like monday wednesday friday like whatever um and i'm curious what your take is uh, and, and okay let me say one more thing about the gender disparity here like um if when it's when the high libido partner is a man, like there's certain social expectations of that, right? In the sense that like he maybe is he knows, I think typically, that like if he's sort of starts pressuring, like that's not going to go well, right? Like it's going to actually reduce the receptivity of his partner. However, right. when it's, it's a it, woman The problem yeah. can get ex- exacerbated by right it would if one person is becoming increasingly desperate, the other person increasingly pulls away. Exactly. Because it just gets annoying, right? It's like, you know, and, and in particular, men, I think, are socialized to know this is an issue, right? Because even in just sort of like a dating context or just like a any sort of context that could become amorous with a woman, mm-hmm. like, you know, that like showing some signs of desperation or just too much aggressiveness is going to trigger that kind of pulling away reflex. I think yes, all men is, basically get socialized with this. This is the However, whole negging concept, or negging is an adjacent. Uh, sure, like you do the opposite, basically. Right. You like play hard to get. Massively non-desperate, uh, um, uninterested. But yeah. if it's a woman who is the one that wants more, like it sort of unhinges that. I'm actually sort of curious because I think you've been in this situation. Before. Yes, I like, have. Is that, is that right? Like basically, the woman can is free to to adopt like all kinds of kind of behaviors that a man would never adopt, uh, in this situation. Is that your take? I, I have for better or worse been in the situation where I was the lower libido partner. I don't know if lower libido is the right word. I was uninterested in sex with that specific person more, but I was still masturbating plenty. 
So it's like my sex drive with that person was lowered, but my sex drive generally was not lowered. Yeah. There's probably like a, a better way to like say this, right? It's not, yeah. People always talk about like libido level, but that's not actually right. It's more like in between two people, which one is the marginal person who says no. And there's Correct. always going to be one partner who's the marginal person who tends to say no in right, a situation. Right, right. Yeah. It's not tend. I mean, in my experience and, and just generally it's 90 some percent, if not 100%, one person saying no, and the other person always trying to initiate. Okay. Right. So your question is, yeah, where, what sort of patterns emerged from my partners when this, uh, the question is, I mean, I think, I think it's emerged. like, Right. It's obvious. I think it should be obvious. I mean, we could go into it, but I think listeners would find it kind of obvious and boring what the part, what the pattern is when it's the man who's cajoling. I mean, this is, you would see this in any, anywhere in pop culture, like the things we just talked about, but if it's the opposite, I think that's less seen. And yeah, this is a question of like, what, what level of behavior do you get? Do you get women kind of being gentlemanly about it? Like a man Mm-hmm. hopefully would or generally would or is do you get kind of behaviors where it's like wow i would never do this as a man right yeah i mean women have an array of sort of almost cliche excuses right they're they have to get up early for work or whatever they they have a headache there's various uh typical uh anti-sex defense mechanisms they erect to uh you know cool things off. Uh, I have been in a situation where my partner tried to implement a calendar and that was, uh, <laughs> well, tell, describe the uh, calendar first. So it started with, you know, implorations that I should initiate more and look, it's not that I didn't want to initiate more. Well, it is that I didn't want to initiate more. <laughs> but it's not that I didn't want to not want to initiate more. Right. Like I, I wasn't thrilled with the with the situation that was developing myself. Uh, but she was just like, "Look, I'm not going to have a sexless relationship here." So, you know, she suggested things like going to therapy, and I was like, "No," because. I was worried what would happen at therapy. Like, you know, the therapist would be like, well, you know, why aren't you initiating? And then I'd have to say things like, because I don't want to have sex with this person. And like, that just didn't seem likely to go anywhere useful. Because Uh, like the, they would say, well, do you not want to have sex at all? Do you want to have sex with someone else? And you'd have to admit that it was either your hand or someone else, right? That was more attractive to you. It wasn't that I didn't want to have sex. It was that I didn't want to have sex with this person who I otherwise you know, really cared for. And I just don't, there may be some techniques that people can employ when this situation emerges, but I didn't think I was going to get those techniques from couples therapy. I thought I would have to go out and read about it and, you know, maybe give up porn and masturbating. That's sort of apropos to our conversation last week or whatever. I mean, there, there were various things that like I could try or research, but I didn't want to do it in a public setting with my girlfriend and a therapist incentivized to support her. In any case, uh, she was like, okay, well then how about we commit to you know, twice a week or once a week. There, hang, hang on. There's something you threw off there that was actually a, a really interesting line. Okay. You said a therapist incentivized to support her. Yes. Which I take to mean, I mean, I, maybe our listeners would like sort of ignore that, but I take that to mean that like you just assume. And I think, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's certain, certainly something that men hear. I have not been in couples therapy before, but that mm-hmm. like basically when you go into couples therapy, like there's an assumption. Is that, is that what you're sort of <laughs> well, saying? I mean- like there's, Yeah. Before we go into like the to- totally uh, cynical approach here, I mean, the reality is they know who butters their bread. It's normally the woman. Like okay. the man is not usually the person that is saying, hey, let's go to couples therapy. And so okay. the person you're trying to uh, please in order to continue, like to continue them showing up and paying $150 a session or whatever the heck it is these days is is the lady. And so- I just think that their incentives are to support them. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've, 
I'm trying to think if I've ever been to couples therapy. I think I did once in my like mid twenties. We went to one session and then we broke up, but it wasn't because of the <laughs> session. It was just we needed to break up, and no amount of therapy was going to sort that out. Uh, but yeah, I think normally the grievances on surface level appear to be more caused by the man. And I think particularly with therapists, they are encouraged to sort of toe the, I don't know if the right word here is woke, but there's some sort of consensus, socially and culturally accepted uh, way that people are supposed to behave. And if you're diverging from that, you're the one that's wrong, even though if the culture and you know sociology around something is is not quite exactly right, you'll be considered wrong because that's just how therapy works. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. Well, yeah, something- I did, one thing I want I wanted to say there though. Also, I think that like the 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 thing that the guy wants often is very simple, and so it's like the and so the, right. I don't, you don't really need therapy. It's like look, uh, you're like, hey, I want to have sex with someone that is different from you. That's right. And so it's like, that's not, that's not really a thing to therapy about. I mean, the way you can't, I'm not sure there's, you know, it's like, so, so there's not, there's, in other words, there's much more to talk about with sort of a concern that's more likely brought by a female. So I think that's part, I think that's related to what you were saying, but anyway, like tell us, so this get the, well, there you, could, I mean, fine. All right. <laughs> you, you said one more thing and now I'm going to say one more yeah. thing too, but yeah, sure. there could be a set of things that a man can do or a person who's feeling less sexually interested in their partner, it could be man or female, there may be a set of things they can do that can help address that issue. I'm not sure exactly what they are, and I have done some research into this. Um, (laughs) Probably giving up porn and masturbating can help, but even those feel like Band-Aids, unlikely to fix the root problem, which- You could wear an Oculus Quest 2 device during the sexual encounter. Right. You can simulate not having sex with your actual partner. Right. Right. you could actually not have sex with your actual partner and have sex with someone else. But yeah. anyway, okay. Right. All right. We're done. Continue. Well, what's the schedule then? So what was the, you were saying yeah. twice a week? Yeah, initially. And then it waned to once a week and man, I mean, it just wasn't great. I mean, it was like this perfunctory obligation. <laughs> oh man. I really hope so. It was no solution. That was no solution. Like it, 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 uh, that, that, that just like you, you were irritated by it. You felt like you had this obligation. Uh, am I, am I, yeah, it was worse than that. It. it was emasculating, right? Like Ooh. I didn't want to not want to have sex with my partner. I just didn't. Okay. But you could mechanically do it. Yeah, it I could. I could. And it was just like, but it, it was emasculating in the sense that you felt like your, um, getting to choose when and how it happens was taken away. Is that? Yeah. And I, not being able to express my sexual desires and having them co-opted into this weird calendar setup was not great. And to be fair, like I appreciate her point of view on this, which is like, look, I'm not going to have like a sexless relationship. And if you want, we can go to couples therapy or if you want, you're welcome to do some your own research. And I just didn't. And that was laziness and probably related to some depression I was going through at the time on my part. But, and maybe we needed to break up for other reasons too, but uh, yeah, like she's not crazy to say, <laughs> look, I require you to have sex with me once a week. Now, look, can you imagine if the gender roles were reversed? Like everyone would be like, that's outrageous. If you don't have sex with your with your man, you don't have to. But in this case, I, I'm particularly empathetic and, and sympathetic to what this person was asking of me. She was like, look, either figure out a way to fix this or we're, we're doing the calendar. Right. And so you said it dwindled from two to one and then one to zero, or did you break up what it was one? I think it went from... One to like 0.75 or 0.5. So it was like, you know, semi-weekly or bi-weekly. I can't remember which. Semi, semi-weekly. Semi, yeah. okay. And then you bailed? Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, we bailed. Okay. We bailed on each other. It was a mutual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mutual, mutual breakup. That makes sense. But uh, it so wasn't. Maybe, yeah. yeah. 
the, the, the breakup itself was not, I mean, certainly that wasn't helping. I think that having sex with your partner can actually paper over a lot of problems. Like it, it even, even for someone like you, it causes some non-zero amount of emotional bonding and <laughs> being it, in a, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, let me just finish my thought. Being in a relationship sure. that's completely sexless is not the state that things are supposed to be in, at least before sure. you turn 60 years old. Sure. And so one other thing though is, so uh, there was, there's this other aspect, which is like the sort of <clears throat> like constrained set of behaviors that a guy could have. Like, have you experienced, have you had a woman setting aside this, this, the schedule thing? Like, have you had a woman like, just like, I don't know. I mean, do things that basically as a man, you would never do in terms of like insisting, demanding, uh, guilting, like just various, like kind of having like nervous breakdowns around this in front of you. Well, like, I think like you have to, you know, I don't know about the nervous breakdown thing. Although maybe I was going to say all those things you listed are things that men's men do. Like they uh, employ huh. various coercion techniques that can get increasingly aggressive. In fact, I have some topics about this later, which you didn't know about, but we'll dovetail nicely into this. Okay. But yeah, I think coercion is basically the only tool that the person who wants more sex can use. And to the point we made earlier, coercion can actually make the problem worse because right. Yeah, there's there's like a paradox that gets hard to shake free of. But and you know, the particular mechanisms of coercion that women use are probably a little bit different from men, but it's it's still all coercion. All right. Yeah, no, I it's true that I haven't uh I just don't have much experience with these various coercive techniques either direction, so I don't Yeah. Uh yeah, it makes sense when you're now that you're saying it, yeah, maybe men do do the same thing. It's just I would think of that as somewhat it seems to me that a woman's coercion could be more unhinged than a man's because of the sort of connotations of a man coercing, right? Being kind of weirder. Uh, yeah. I mean, but yeah, to be fair, like I've watched uh, the show Married with Children as much as anyone. <laughs> and so that show appears to show a coercive woman, right? Yes. Yeah. That's part of the trope. So yeah, I mean, I guess that is a, that is a thing. Yeah. All right. When did when did Married with Children go off the air? Wasn't it on the air for like 15 years or something? Or maybe it wasn't that long. I don't think so. I think it would have been in the early 90s, but I'm not positive. It is 11 seasons. Uh, oh, 11. Wow. I didn't. That's surprising. Huh. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot. And episode one was 1987. That show finished in the late 90s? That's very surprising to me. I would have thought like 92 or something. Yeah. The good, the good old Bundy family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, did you have anything else on this topic you wanted to talk about? No, let's, about? let's move on to the next thing here. Okay. You have a pornography for us to oh, yes. analyze. Yes. Yeah, so we can put this, this will be in the show notes. Uh, I noticed that uh, will actually be the one we published two weeks ago. Got quite a few clicks. So I know that sort of like if we <laughs> tease it better, it was, it was the one from two weeks ago. People can go back and listen if they missed that episode where there's a, just a gigantic dildo uh, that this, the woman's using. Skimitar. Right. And uh, that one, yeah, number of the viewers wanted, or listeners rather, wanted to also be viewers. <laughs> so this, this, this will, uh, link will be in the show notes. Uh, and yeah, we can, I think, I think we can, we just see how the beginning of this one goes. Okay, uh, I, I think we can probably just start. Good. Uh, uh, maybe we should start just to avoid, there's like some text at the beginning. We can start like 10 seconds in. Uh, and so okay. you can put yourself at t- uh, 10 seconds and then we can, you can count it down and we can watch maybe 30 seconds of it together and I can Moving narrate to, it. All right. I have my sound on. I have, okay, I'm ready. All right. You ready? All right. Yes. All right. Three, two, one, starting at 10 seconds. So it's a woman uh, kind of close in on her mm-hmm. vagina uh, with her hands kind of spreading it. Uh, and it all is sort of normal. She's naked, except she's got her shirt kind of pulled up so you can see her breasts. But the thing that's most notable here is her clit is not the size that I'm <laughs> accustomed to. Uh, it's oh, wow. much, much, much larger to the point where like she's fondling it in the way that you could imagine a man with a very small penis would do. Yeah. She's sort of rubbing it back and forth. Now she's stopped touching it. And so you get a kind of facial view of it. Um, She's also saying things like suck me, which is kind of strange. Okay. I think we should pause here. Yeah. It does. Wow. It's very evocative of a penis. Yeah. Is that attractive to you? No, it's not. So is it repulsive? You know, 
we've talked about this a little bit in the past, mostly with respect to labia size, but for better or worse, and look, I will tolerate, tolerate's not even the right word. I w- I'm totally willing to accept women who have large labia, even though I would prefer them to have innies. Okay. Uh, this, boy, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is, this is something, something else altogether. I mean, right. I don't know what size her clit is when it's not engorged, but presumably most of the times I'd ever be interacting with it, it would be engorged. And so it's always going to sort of look like this, right? So why don't we, let's just, just, just to see a little, another little fun part of it. Why don't you jump to four minutes and 15 seconds into it? Uh, if you can do that quickly. I don't know if I want and, but I, but okay. Yeah, you do. So she's using a vibrator on it. And the first okay. thing you'll notice, even at the freeze frame there, so uh, we don't have to play it quite, quite yet, but you'll notice that with the uh-huh. vibrator sort of pushing down on it, it actually, you can't see it. It's at 415. It doesn't look like there's anything That's true. out of the ordinary there. Okay. So why don't we all count down three, two, one, play. So she's rubbing the thing and you'll find that she's pushing it in. So it obviously can be sort of yeah. pushed. Now she appears to be orgasm. Ah. Note the vaginal contractions there. I see it. That's and a real sort orgasm. Of slightly or a real semen. A to real come faked out. orgasm, anyway. Right. And now <laughs> notice how she sort of like puts the vibrator just on the head of it. Yeah. Yeah. She's it's very like sensitive the, now. Yeah. It's like putting the cap on a man that's going to be uh, electrocuted <laughs> on an electric chair. Her, her vibrator's got a little cap on it that sort of perfectly cups it. Okay. We can pause again. Yeah, I really recommend that the uh, listeners check this out. It's uh, not something you see every day. So you're saying, like, if you were with a woman, you'd want? Would you want uh, advance warning of this before you entered into the sexual realm with her? I don't think so. I think if I okay. had advanced warning, I would just think it can't. How be big that could big. it be? Right. right. And even if even if they were like, even if I saw a picture, I think I'd still be, look. I'm a red-blooded man, right? Like if there's opportunity to have sex with a new vagina, I'm normally going to take it unless there's something outrageous going on. This is pretty outrageous. It is. But but it's you would it's still I'd, you could I'd, I'd roll my it. sleeves up and get to work here. Right. I think that like there could be some interesting element of like so here is a, a situation where like something interesting could happen in a PIV situation, right? I mean, maybe it's easier for her to orgasm in PIV than for other women because it's so yeah. large. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, uh, yeah, I mean, it's so large that you might actually be turned off by feeling like it's a little, uh, <laughs> almost like an FTM transsexual experience, right? Yeah, it's mannish. Okay. This is not a porn you would masturbate to. No, but it is a porn that I am intellectually intrigued by. Okay. For science. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's, this is naturally possible or whether this is the consequence of hormones. That's something I just don't know. Like, I'm not sure either. I mean, I'm looking at the other thumbnails on this, you know, the previews for view more and they're all related to women with huge clits. And like a lot of these look really penis like, so I don't know if these are female to male transsexuals or well okay some of them are probably actually big clits and probably some of them are ftm trans well on some level there's no difference i mean i realize you're uh the person that you that the, the the listener we have that sometimes messages you about uh, our specifics of anatomical understanding will probably say something like well all growth of that organ is hormonal which is true so it's you're just distinguishing between artificial and natural i mean there could be a Woman who, for whatever reason, has naturally more hormone hormone levels at the right time that causes no, more growth there. Right? No, no, don't FTM. Well, okay. First off, as this now become a meme, your anatomical uh, expertise greatly exceeds mine. But doesn't FTM? Isn't there FTM surgery, female to male trans surgery that people can? Yeah, get? but I think I think that that largely involves. <laughs> yes, here I am, the the uh, female anatomy <laughs> genius at work. I'm just an amateur, uh, but uh, it's like well, he doesn't need to know that information. Why does he have it? It's like I right. don't know, man. This is what I do. Uh, so the uh, I think it mostly involves removal of the female organs and sort of closing everything up. Uh, I'm not sure you can really build much of a, uh, a pole. Nova, nova penis. I think they would call it. But uh, one thing I would say is that like, well, the very famous example is the professional wrestler China who obviously had taken some kind of steroids or something like that and had a gigantic clit uh, that you can find this. Oh, yeah. she was in Playboy or something, right? Well, it's in, there's, there's videos on like Pornhub, I think. 
Playboy goes to like assiduous lengths to not show the clit too. So you yeah. think so? I think they do. Yeah. They, they'll show like, huh? Yeah. Pay attention. Penthouse will show the clit hustler. You think there's will. a, you think there's a clit specific taboo in society? No, I think that Playboy thinks or thought, I, th- I mean, look for a while over, like, I don't know if this is before or after Hugh Hefner died, but for a while, Remember, Playboy didn't have nudity. I don't know if I, I think they're back to having right. nudity, but there was like a year and a half where <laughs> they didn't even do nudity any nudity anymore. But they've always been sort of puritanical about the nudity that they do show. It's like massively airbrushed. You don't really see much labia and or or clit right. clits clit clitoris eye clitorises. Uh, so. I'm not sure clitorises. I think the uh, sure, but yeah, I just was imagining like I mean, just like people can sort of like. Uh, have fun with the rules around uh, toplessness. They can just like wear pasties on their nipples. I could imagine a world, mm-hmm. maybe in the near future, where women can just put a pasty on their clit and then be naked. Other than that, I mean, that's uh, what we're going toward. It is. Right? Like it is. Everybody under the age of thirty is increasingly showing more and more of their belly. Although high waisted yeah. pants, there was a there was a time in like I think it was the early two thousands when like low waisted pants were really in. And high-waisted right. pants are in now. I think I preferred the low-waisted era. Look, the uh, as soon as um, Apple comes out with their uh, augmented reality glasses device, I'm certain that one of the somehow, or maybe it's you know whoever comes out with the one that's got the most features, someone will Apple. come out with a an app for it, which will be able to disrobe. You'll just be able to walk around, and all the women are naked, and it'll you can use some sort of like a AI process to come up with a plausible way they look naked based on their appearance clothed, which yeah, match skin tone and so forth. And so then people will just walk around looking at all the women naked the entire time. I agree that's coming. Although yes. seeing, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess certain people have different preferences. Like I like small imperfections and other people would like basically anime appearing people. Well, an AI could but absolutely you could tune. dial up and down. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. You could tune your AI. Say, oh, I, I, I want to have like five imperfections per lady, and then like you could actually have fun looking for them. But the thing is, like, I mean, yeah, if that's what you, you could train the algorithm, gig, right? It doesn't Over time. Yeah, on some level, it doesn't matter if they wear clothes or not because they're all naked. Actually, yeah, yeah. All right, we should move on because we're twenty-seven sure. minutes in, and I previewed three topics. We'll see if we get to yes. all three. Uh, okay, this one's a little bit. I'm a little hesitant to talk about this because this has some sort of ickiness to it. Um, Good. This was posted today, so it's fresh off the press. All right. This person says, my husband, who is a 27-year-old male, is frustrated with me, 23-year-old female, over sex. I'm really kind of at a loss here. My husband and I have been married for four years. So she got married when she was 19. Recently- yeah. He's been sexualizing me a lot and pushing me to do things that I've specifically said I'm not comfortable with, that I get no satisfaction from. And that I can do it, but to please stop saying that I should enjoy it. Mostly him going down on me. So this that was the f- thing that like first made this a little bit intriguing to me. Because I'm sure he would be happy to stop going down on her. Or would probably be happy to stop going down on her. Uh, mostly him going down on me, blowjobs and butt stuff. Yesterday I told him that the sex was rough and that it chafed me pretty bad. He told me... That was fine. We wouldn't have sex for a few days. I was feeling awful with a headache and upset stomach and didn't leave bed. Yet throughout the entire day, he groped me, even when I asked him to stop sexualizing me. He told me that I was starting to act like a wife who doesn't put out and that I don't do anything that he wants, which hurt because I try to give him what he wants. And usually we have sex at least once a day, sometimes more because he likes to edge and not come. So I felt bad. Yeah. So I felt bad and decided to let him have sex. This relationship is is great. You can tell it hurt, and I really wasn't enjoying it all. After five minutes, I could tell he was dragging it out. So I asked him that if he wanted to come, then to please not drag it out, and if he wanted to not, to just stop. I gave it a little longer, and he didn't seem like he was going to come. So I asked again. He gets off me, and he's angry, and he says that he didn't want to come, but he didn't want to stop having sex, and that he's frustrated by it, and he has a right to be. I can understand that being rushed in sex isn't the sexiest thing, but I was in pain. I told him it wasn't fair that I tried to solve his frustration. And I thought that the polite thing to do would be to get off as soon as possible if you knew your partner was in pain. By get off, she means orga- he should have orgasmed. 
All he cares about, though, is the fact that I didn't let him have sex as long as he wanted when he didn't want to get off. I'm really hurt about how little my feelings matter and how can he even think that he's justified? Am I wrong? I like the notion. I like the notion that uh, that he's supposed to like. I mean, I could see a person having the mentality where <clears throat> the woman being in pain and obvious pain and like complaining makes him uh, orgasm. Arouses that him. sounds yeah. to me like a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the, 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 yeah, it's like, it rhymes certainly with that, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, look, like once you've uh, normally, I think that once the woman basically expresses some sort of pain like that or real discomfort, like the guy's just going to like lose his erection and not be excited anymore. Right. Right. I mean, he might have to go beat off later to sort of alleviate his, uh, you know, empty, empty the, the vesicles, right. but, uh, yes, but short of having, over. short of having a, uh, inflicting pain kink, <laughs> which some people have, but most people when they're into S and M it's, it's more like it's more performative, right? Like, you know, like when you slap someone's ass or whatever, some people actually like having the skin broken and being physically hurt. But I think most people are more into like the performative aspects of that. Yeah. Right. They don't like, I I think it'd be relatively unusual or certainly socially un, un, somewhat unacceptable, maybe totally unacceptable for somebody to say, no, what I, I, I actually want you to be in pain. I actually want you to be scared, et cetera. So right. that's not like, that's not the, yeah, right. It would be more like, oh, this is, we're, we're just playing, even though like it's uh, at a certain level. That's why people have things like safe words. Like I think if there was a safe word involved here, she would have uttered it a few times already. Um, yeah, I hope yeah so. I don't, it's, it's strange to me. Like the, I don't really, What's confusing to me about that, yeah, it does relate to that topic we talked about earlier, is like what happened in this guy's socializing that caused him to think that that's like a reasonable, I mean, maybe his parents had the same behavior. I'm not sure. You know, where he's like, yeah, oh, no, I'm going to insist. There's a, there's a number of things in the universe of possibilities here, uh, not to victim blame, but it's possible that she's not recounting how explicitly she told him to stop. She might have been embarrassed or afraid to say something. Um, so that's, that's one thing in the universe, but she I might th- just not be considering how horny he was. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Just yeah. direct victim blaming. <laughs> it's obviously her obligation to, to yeah. cause him orgasm. So let him edge for two hours and then right. orgasm right. whenever he wants to. I will, let me read right. one other uh, post here because I think it provides an interesting contrast and it's short. This person says, I'm super kinky, but my husband isn't. I like so much dirty stuff and would love to explore my crazy fetishes, but don't want to force it with him when he's only into vanilla sex. Sometimes I fantasize about meeting someone online just to have crazy sex with. Are we doomed? Probably. Yeah, I think the answer is 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 probably. Uh, I, I want to expand on that a little bit, though. So in both of these two posts, you have these huge asymmetries in the partner's kinkiness or at least uh, desire to have sex. And I don't know how you square those things. I mean, you could go to therapy, people could do like various readings, but I think once you go down the kinky hill, you can't climb back up it. Like you can't go back to not being intrigued by various kinks. And if you're not into it, maybe you can, you know, if you really love your partner and you want to make them happy, you might be willing to dip your toes in the water every once in a while. But if you don't enjoy it. There's this gap there. And yeah, I don't know how you, how you, uh, level that seesaw. It depends. Of course. I mean, going down the kinky hill doesn't mean that like it's your favorite thing and absolutely necessary for you. But I, I take it to mean that what, what you mean is basically if, if you've realized that that's your thing, right? Sure. And the other person says no, then you're kind of like, well, I'm always going to want this thing. That's not possible. Yeah. I mean, and there's various examples here. We've talked about this on other episodes, but you know, some some things are more, I guess, culturally and, and socially accepted. And maybe there's uh, genetic reasons for this, but most couples, I would say almost all couples engage in female giving to male oral sex. Most couples engage in male giving to female oral sex. And so if if a woman is like, oh, I can never give my partner a blowjob, that that would be considered by most to be sort of unreasonable. But then you have something sort of in the middle, which is like anal sex, right? So some couples have anal sex, some never do. And 
if a woman isn't willing to have anal sex, some people would say that's unreasonable, but most people would be like, that's no, that's your boundaries. You're allowed to be that way. And then you have like things that go much further down the kinky thing. So, you know, there's like, you know, various, uh, physical harm or simulating physical harm. There's degradation, there's cuckolding, there's, you know, getting hung up by hooks, there's blood play, right? So you could just keep going down the line. And, you know, if your partner's not into blood play, almost everyone would say like, well, that's totally normal. Like too bad. You, you're you just never going to get that itch scratched. But yeah, I just don't know on this sort of like spectrum of things that, that, mo- that some people like, that most people like, that very few people like, what's reasonable to expect from your partner and when you should cut bait if they're not into the thing that that you insist on or that you would prefer to indulge in. Sorry, that was a long screed. Yeah, well also like what how much is reasonable. I mean you you by the way left out the woman the woman who's so into anal sex that when you have a fight about something other than sex, the way she reconnects to you mentally is thinking about those times you plunged your cock into her asshole. Mm-hmm. And that does exist, right? Women that mm-hmm. fetishize these things. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, look, like people just have to decide how much they care about that specific thing. And like, I mean, there's a, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, it's a little hard for me. Like it must ebb and flow in these situations where people have a lot of kink because it's hard for me to imagine. Like, I like one of the things I think about there is if people have this sort of complicated thing that they need or want to have happen, like it's complicated. It's they're expecting the other person to do this complicated thing again and again and again and again. And it's like, you know, ultimately like the basic kind of in out experience is pretty simple. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so it could, it could be, it could be actually not just a question of like, uh, the person being grossed out by it, by it. it could just be like, look, like I don't want to have to do something that takes four hours each time. You know, I have to tie this knot and then put this thing on the ceiling and just all this crap, yeah. right? And you know, that so that's an aspect too. Like people have to decide, sure. like, do they want you know what do they want to prioritize know, in their life? I think that's just another way of saying that there can be varying levels of enthusiasm for different activities, right? So, sure, for the guy who's into bondage. Getting all that stuff set up is like part of the, is part of the process, right? Like it, it turns them on just thinking about it, going through the mechanical motions to get things set up. And for the girl, she's like, "Oh my god, I just want to watch TV. Like, do we have to go right. through this whole thing again?" Um, <laughs> yeah, because she's like, getting nothing out of it except for maybe some part in the middle of it, and maybe not even that because it might be so tiresome that like it's yeah, she's not aroused by the time. Yeah, I know, but. Uh, Sorry, I, I'm going to bring this up again. I mean, I think that women get nothing out of blowjobs either, right? But almost all women seem willing to do that. And, you know, when you ask them to report why they enjoy it, they'll say things like, well, I really enjoy feeling in control of giving my man pleasure. So what's wrong with <laughs> subverting it's yourself not, to some sort of like on. elaborate bondage play? Oh, uh submitting yourself it makes more sense to me okay so so if you're let's say you're a woman that's into sort of being submissive like that then it makes sense to me that you would enjoy that in fact i i would actually assume the bondage play is more for the submissive person than the dominant person that would be my baseline assumption there i I just don't Um, know much about it yeah however if it's just for the dominant person then yeah like it's sort of irritating um it could be irritating just because it's sort of boring and, and takes a long time for the purported submissive person that's like i think that's like like that i feel like i can ideate around like if i were if somebody wanted to repeatedly tie me up in some sort of complicated way like i would just yeah i would not enjoy that because it would take a lot of time and it would i'd just be like look this is like a lot of effort to just sort of make me look foolish right at least blowjobs are short and sweet no the well the other thing is like there's a i don't it shouldn't be confusing (laughs) to you why they enjoy that it's uh, you you actually know why they enjoy it uh, on on a number of different levels. Uh, they yeah, it's, it, because there's such a direct submissiveness to it, right? It's like so directly and obviously submissive. In the same way that like I understand why a woman, while I don't find the arguments that it's physically that stimulating for a woman that compelling, uh, emotionally it makes perfect sense to me why anal is is compelling because it's like yeah, you're you're. You're letting someone do this thing to you're you. It's pretty but, hardcore. But so yes. is so is letting your partner handcuff you and tie you up. Yeah, but they're not handcuffing you with their cock. 
Right. The thing of the, see, see, it's more compelling if the thing that's being done to you, you know, and it's believable is directly giving pleasure to the other person. Like that's really important. I think mm-hmm. like, it's the only way it can make sense to me. Like, you can I mean, it's important to, to you, ways, but, but maybe yes. people who are into bondage, you know, can have, can have not tying orgasms. I don't know. Uh, maybe. I think it's more like <laughs> the, the loss of control and stuff like that, which I could see being compelling too. But like, yeah, like a- anything that's done where the other person's also taking pleasure in it in a very direct way is more compelling. I mean, like I read the, I read a post within the last month where a guy was, he liked being pegged. All right. He liked being pegged. And, but what he really wanted was to find a pegging instrument, a strap on that like had a cleverly or well-located vibrator. So the woman, what he want, look, what he wanted was to have the experience. And this made sense to me, like intellectually, what he wanted was to basically have the experience that a gay man has when he gets anal sex from another man in the sense that not only do you get whatever pleasure you get from like prostate stimulation or whatever it is, not only do you get sort of like the psychological submission stimulation, you also are getting like the, you, you also are getting the fact that the other person is erotically getting pleasure out of it. And he mm. wanted that from the woman, right? He wanted her to have that. And like the whole, it's, it becomes problematic because it's difficult to build a device, I guess, that can, maybe if you had a clit that was large, like the porn we watched, it'd be easier. But typically, <laughs> you know, it's, you can't, it's not like you can insert the clit into some device so that it's like yeah. stably held. And so it's going to move around if you're thrusting. And so it just doesn't work very well with the female um, equipment. Yeah. Anyway, but that means like I saw that and I was reading the thread and I was like, oh, this makes sense to me. Like I understand what this guy wants. Like he he wants her to get off on doing this thing to him. And that to me, yeah. like I, I, I find it confusing why that's not clear to you. Like why, like it's like, yeah, like doing this thing to you at the same time as they're taking pleasure in it, right? And they're connected. Yeah, I suppose. Like that to me seems like the most compelling form of like submissive play. Actually, like, and for me, actually, it's the like the only form of compelling. Uh, so, so yeah. So, what I would say, actually, here I'll say this very directly. Like, uh, I wasn't considering being pegged when I read this, but if being <laughs> pegged was like out of on a scale of zero to ten to me was like zero point three interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, if there was a device where the woman could get pleasure while she's doing it, it might go up to zero point five. Sure, I agree. Like, it would increase the interest level for me. I'm still not going to do it. Yeah, but but I like I'm like oh yeah, that's interesting. Now, yeah. And, and, I, and also I can see, I, I can, I can understand how like gay guys like do anal sex and don't use condoms and don't like, they, they want to like, they want to participate in their partner's orgasm. I get that. Right. So, right. So I think blows are the same. Anyway. All right. Yeah. We don't need to relitigate that. Uh, all yes. right. Well, there was more to say. I mean, there's plenty of directions we can go with that topic, but I mean, there's two more that I previewed. I think we should sure. on. All right. Uh, I told a guy to shave if he wanted me to shave. So it's not a big deal, but I have no problem with guys having hair in their downstairs area. But I feel like guys should be comfortable with me also having hair in my downstairs area. So a week ago, I was texting a guy and we were planning to hook up over the weekend. Out of nowhere, he said, I want your pussy to be completely hairless. Mind you, it was out of nowhere. So I thought it was a joke or something. So I texted him back saying, LOL, well, I want your dick and balls to be completely hairless as well. I I don't think it's... It sounds kind of hot to me. Why has it got to be a joke? But okay, go on. Him telling her that he wants her to be cleanly shaven? Yeah. Like, why isn't that kind of like just a hot, dirty talk kind of thing to say? Like, I, I would, I don't, Yeah. I think that a very small minority of women in that situation would take that as a joke, right? Yeah. They'd be like, oh, this I, is dirty talk. Yeah. I mean, the way this person writes implies that they're somewhat young and- yeah, I mean, I think the best possible reading of his text is something like, well, he was putting up a, uh, what, what, like a, a trial balloon of a little bit of uh, dominant, yeah, you know, making a request. And, you know, <laughs> most women these days are uh, fairly neat and trim down there anyway. So he may not have thought that this was a huge imposition, but her reaction was to be uh, put off by it. Um, all right, let me continue. Uh, So she said, LOL, well, I want your dick and balls to be completely hairless as well. When I sent that text, I was hoping he would have got the joke, but dude got so offended. After I sent my text, he texted back saying, are you being dead ass serious right now? Do you know not how hard it is to shave for guys? Like, I'm not trying to be sexist, but shaving for girls is easy. Girls like you have it easy. 
I was taken aback by his response. I just laughed and I called him and we got into an argument about shaving. During the call slash argument, I was telling him if he wants me to shave, he needs to shave as well. And he was telling me how hard it is. And it's probably in her grammar. I'm, I'm really paving over a lot of grammatical errors here. And sure. It, and it probably won't happen. So I need to deal with that. And so I told him, okay, then I'm not shaving either. Simple as that. And he just started cussing me out, calling me a stingy bitch and like controlling. He kept calling me that until I hung up. I mean, so, to be yeah. fair, to be fair, she is a stingy bitch, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> what, what an outrageous, she won't even get it by a razor. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he isn't wrong. Like it is, it is, uh, I mean, I think it's complicated for both genders, but I think it is, I mean, what, what do you, which do you, I mean, is that part of the topic here is like, who, who is it more complicated for? <laughs> I mean, I dated a, uh, a European woman. I don't know if dated is the right word. I, I hung out with for a couple of weeks, a, uh, a, uh, a Russian woman a few years ago. And she suggested to me that I shave everything. And I told her. No. And I also told her I didn't care what she did with her pubes. Um, she, she didn't know the word pubes because English wasn't her first language. So we had sure. a conversation about that. But um, she told me that all of her partners shaved. And then I started wondering, is this like a common thing in Europe? On Chatterbait and- it is, but I mean, it's hard to know. Well, yeah. okay. People, right. on, people putting their junk on camera is not... A, uh, it's a bit of a sample bias there. Yes. Uh, yeah, obviously it's harder for men. Obviously more Wait, men- is that true? Why do you say obviously? I mean, say more about that. Uh, well, it's easier to shave a plane than it is to shave a rugged landscape. I think and you're going to get a plane, lot of- By plane, I mean women have less contours in their body. Not, not, yeah, and men have ripples and bumps and protrusions. I don't, is that right though? I mean, men like, I, I'm not sure to, to, to first order, maybe that seems right. I mean, I mean the, the largest bump that the man has does not actually have hair on it largely. Right. It so a I, little I, bit I guess of the you're base of the shaft, but yes, sure, but you're mostly talking about his balls then, or maybe the, the, uh, complicated area where the shaft meets the balls. Would be yeah. Difficult. And like underneath the balls. And then like, how do you flatten things out? And then like the, the thickness of the scrot- scrotum skin, s- scrotal, scrotal skin. I think you could say either. Is this skin related to the scrotum called scrotal? Yes. Is that the uh, Oh, adjective? for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Scrotal sack. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think it's mechanically su- significantly more difficult. Have you ever shaved a vulva? Myself? No. Yes. Yeah, I th- I have a suspicion that it's around the same complexity, actually. Okay. I think that I'm going to elicit some cheers from our two female listeners <laughs> in saying that, but I think it's around the same because because like there's folds and stuff. Exactly, and, and like yeah, at least I, with the yeah. man, like you can pretty much have it all lay it out all out in front of you. It's true that your balls would be like I'm not sure how exactly men do this mechanically, whether they do it in the shower or whether they like. I'm imagining you could take your scrotal skin and sort of like stretch it over like a a desk, so it's stretched out flat, and then and then shave it. it. Well, the be, point, yeah. Do you think it would be better to do after exercising? Uh, after men exercise, their scrotum gets like really shriveled because it pulls your butt, your balls in towards your body. So like after a I've long read, run, I think I've read the opposite that people suggest doing it uh, in the in the in the shower. Actually, I'm not. Okay. But yeah, but, but I, I'm not. Relaxed. Like I've never, I've never done this. I have used a um, trimmer, like a beard trimmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like uh, scissors to sort of like trim, but never like actually like, oh, I'm going to shave all of the hair off. Um, I just think, I, anyway, I, th- I think it's around the same level of difficulty and risk. Okay. I, I need to respond to a, f- a few things here. Okay. The first is, d- did you see that uh, it was a Craigslist post? It was a best of Craigslist post about the guy who shaved his asshole? Yes, of course. It's well known. Why okay. don't you tell it's our famous. listeners about it? Yes. Yeah. It's basically... I mean, the, the, the ultra short of it is a guy shaves his asshole and then writes a very colorful description of the experience of the hair growing back. And it itches. Just, yeah. And it's super itchy and just, he goes into, he goes into considerable lengths to describe, uh, just how 
frustrating it was. The, the reason why I bring it up is I'm mildly intellectually curious to see what it would feel like to shave everything. But my experience with, I haven't fully shaved my face in years. And when my hair first starts coming back, it gets really itchy. And my experience reading that Craigslist post about the hair growing back, just that that's enough to trump my mild intellectual curiosity into how it would feel if I was completely There's shaved. another aspect there, which is like, if you go to a gym as a man, I mean, I already have experienced this uh, and you probably have too, just from trimming. When you go to the gym and you're, say, showering in the locker room, and most men's showers don't don't have like stalls in in locker rooms at gyms, like mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's a li- like if you've really trimmed down there, like people may notice that. If you've completely removed all of the hair, people mm-hmm. are definitely going to notice that. And then it's like, yeah. like that's not like yeah, I mean, interestingly, whereas like people usually would think of women as getting, and I don't know what it's actually an interesting question in locker rooms if there's any sort of like female kind of glaring at each other that happens judgment. if there's something yeah. they can do. Exactly. Judgment. I'm sure there is some, but this is there isn't much for men, but this is an example of an area where, yeah, they're absolutely going to assume that you're some like weird, I shouldn't say weird, you're some outside the mainstream like gay bull dom or something because you shaved your balls. Yeah. Right. And so there's going to be some assumption that you're sexually not mainstream and like you may have people edging away from you or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean- <laughs> I was going to ask you, well, okay, I, I have two more things I want to comp- talk about. All right. So you said that uh, women's anatomy parts can make things, shaving things a little bit tricky itself. Oh, for sure. Here's, here's my, my thoughts on that. Some women grow hair around and inside of their outer labia more than others. So I think for some women, it's probably much more difficult than for others. It's just like some men have asshole hair and some men don't. Some women have asshole hair and some women don't. Right. Uh, I think there's some differences. I think that for almost all men, shaving is quite complicated. And for some females, shaving is more complicated than others. I think, yeah. Okay. But I mean, like another thing to consider is like for a man, if you, if you, um, we're shaving like that. You could con- you could decide whether to shave your taint or not, right? That's mm-hmm. a choice you could make. For a woman, you don't have a choice. Like that's where the apparatus is, right? Right. So it's all going to be kind of maladroit and down below in this weird way. But sure, I mean, there, there could be people that have an easier time of it for various reasons. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, I would wonder where to stop shaving. Like once you shave your penis, is there just like this wall beyond which you know all the, there's pubic hair again, or do you taper it or? What do you even do? Yeah, it's hard to see in that area. That's right. Yeah. I mean, like the yeah. whole thing becomes right. And, and like, do you then have to shave your legs? Because otherwise you have leg hair that starts. So women, the women, the answer would be yes. But for a man, it's tricky, right? So it's like, okay. So, so right. Again, a wall of hair just starts all of a sudden. It's like, oh no, I, you know, how do you pick where exactly the wall starts? My dad tells yeah. this story. Uh, actually, my mom tells this story. So on my parents' wedding day, my mom came down the aisle and my dad didn't have a mustache for the first time since she'd known him and they'd known each other for two years or something. Uh, the, the way my dad tells the story is, you know, so, you know, he put his suit on and he was uh, doing some finishing touches on, uh, you know, trimming his beard and, and, you know, shaving around the beard. And he kept trimming, trimming, trimming. And eventually he accidentally had given himself sort of a Hitler mustache. <laughs> oh my God. And so he had to shave the whole thing. That's funny. And so, yeah, but you know, just apropos to, you know, you got to know, you got to know when to draw the line. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, you know, there's a fair number of photos of men from the early part of the 20th century like that. Uh, they're not the most popular photos, but it was, a, it was actually a hairstyle back then. So. It was, yeah. I'm not, yeah. not suggesting your dad was uh, getting married in the early part of the 20th century. I'm just saying like it's a, it used to be a valid uh, mustache style. Yeah. 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 Pulling off the Hitler mustache now would be pretty tricky. Oh yeah. Um, it's a tough it's pretty closely <laughs> associated with uh, some terribleness. I've actually um, never even considered doing that. It's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. Could you? I mean, you you struggle with facial hair generally. I'm not sure I could. I'm not sure yeah. I could. Uh, but yeah. if I could, it would be kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, briefly, very briefly. Okay, privately. so one, one more thing on this hair thing. Uh, okay, look, it's not just the objective difficulty in shaving that is relevant here. There's also massive culturally accepted differences, right? So like almost all young women are are pressured to 
have very neat and trimmed, if not entirely shaved pubic hair. It's super common. And almost no men are, <laughs> excluding all the men who were the ex-boyfriends of this woman that I dated in Europe. Right. If you were in a locker room, and a locker room is sort of a weird place because in locker rooms, some men are like really careful to like wear a towel and you know they have some shame. Uh, gay men in particular are shameless in locker rooms. And so locker rooms are not a, a super good sample. But in a locker room, yeah, what percentage of men would you expect to have, you know, quote unquote, full bush versus what percentage of women? I mean, well, that was the point I was making. I would expect for men, I would expect it to be close to 100%, maybe a little yes. bit of trimming. And for women, I would expect it to be much more mixed. It depends you know, how more young, young the crowd is, probably. Right. Like younger yes. women are going to have less less pubic hair generally. Yeah. The, Although the, the main pubic yeah, hair is coming back. There's there's this like counterculture thing where young women are starting to embrace their pubic hair a bit more. The the main thing here, like the main actual choice point here or decision point here, in my opinion, is practical. It doesn't like a man can very quickly and easily do something that basically makes it so that the hair just doesn't get in the way at all. Whereas mm-hmm. for the woman, like it just is actually in the way, like because of, you know, the orientation of the part. And mm-hmm. so if a woman does nothing, like there are certain activities that are going to be pretty downright uncomfortable for the man. And which isn't to say she has to shave completely. It's to say that like it is useful to sort of shorten the hair to like, you know, a half an inch or less or something, yeah, which does also a- doesn't take that long. Yeah. Yeah. There's functionality differences here. Right. And then, and then separately, like if a woman wants to wear a bathing suit because of differences in the way male and female bathing suits work mm-hmm. or design and so forth, you know, she's already like kind of be in for some amount of hair removal uh, because women don't want to, so, yeah, they don't want to have like half their pubic hair showing with a baby bathing suit on. So. Yep. And as, yeah, and as bathing suits get more and more elaborately revealing down there, that's become more and more important. Uh, that's right. Okay. Enough on, on pubic hair. Yeah. Uh, this person says, betrayed by my sleeping self. So I frequently said something to my boyfriend like, you have my consent to wake me up with sex slash have sex with me in my sleep and told him to seriously please do it. He laughs it off usually, but the other day he finally tried. Apparently he started eating me out, but I pushed him away and was like, no, in my sleep. So now I'm annoyed with myself for f- foiling my plans. This was just a convenient way to bring up... Uh, this particular kink that some people have. I don't know if it's a kink. This particular form of light free use that that some people have. Um, how does this work mechanically? We, we talked about this, man. It must have been like episode six or something. It was a long time ago. But we talked about how do you not wake up if someone tries to have sex with you? Yeah, I don't think you, I don't think you can not wake up. I think, I don't... Yeah, I don't really understand. There's some sort of psychological thing here. There's something that uh-huh. the woman is finding compelling, but like it's, I think it's just like flatly uncompelling. I, 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 th- I find it hard yeah. even to theoretically come up with why this is compelling. The woman likes feeling that the man is so eager that he just can't stop himself. Like they like having that power over their partner, I think. Okay, I'm going to give a counter theory. Uh-huh. Uh, and we can judge which one we think is right. I'm going to counter theory that she's terrified that if she's asleep and he's awake, that he's going to either watch porn or masturbate thinking about someone else and it's <laughs> self-defense. <sighs> yeah. Good one, right? <laughs> I don't think, look, some women enjoy sex with their partners <laughs> and it's not just an obligation or a duty or something they're doing for the good of the relationship oh no i agree Look, with that i'm just I, saying like I, this I, doesn't make any sense otherwise to me like you're saying it's like i mean she's gonna wake up it's not like and you're saying oh he can't he's so eager he can't stop himself like mm-hmm. anyway go on yeah they like feeling desired yeah but when you when you when you wake up like right, let's say you've been sleeping for more than between three and seven hours. So you're uh-huh. going to wake up tired. Like this isn't, and you probably need to pee. Yeah. Right? Morning breath. And you're going to be confused. Stuff. Like, I mean, yeah. like sometimes when my alarm clock goes off, like sometimes it's totally chill, which is odd because the, I'm sure everybody else has this, there's a common experience. Like my alarm clock's noise level doesn't change, but sometimes when it goes off, like I, it's pretty calm. I wake up, it's nice. Sometimes it goes off and it's like, I, I like bolt upright, like. It's as if like an alarm went off 
And I don't know, it has something to do with, you know, it, it shocks me when it wakes up. Yeah. When it wakes me up. And uh, it has something Hold to do with where I am Hold in my sleep cycle. So I haven't used an alarm clock in like 15 years. Okay. The only time I have is if I have like a super early flight. Otherwise, I don't use alarm clocks. That's because you wake up so early naturally. Yeah, I have a pretty good relationship with sleep. Uh, anyway, I don't know why I felt. That's good. So you don't. Yes, you you actually don't know. You don't know what this is like. But that's a that's normal right. thing. And I cannot. The main thing is, here. yeah. The main thing is that like there are very different experiences. So, so you don't really control what experience you're going to have when you wake up. Now that itself could be a kink, but I don't think it's a very good kink because it's sort of like, hey, there'd be like this kink. You're like, hey. I want you to have free use, even if I have really bad diarrhea. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's like so, yeah. so, you, so you know you know in the next two weeks, let's say you, one of the days you'll have really bad diarrhea, and you're like, yeah, like I still want you to free use me, but it, I, you don't know which day it is. The point being that it's like I don't think any, I don't think that's a kink. I don't think it's a kink, <laughs> or it's a really weird one for people to say like, even though I'm in a situation where it's really not something I want to have happen, do it anyway. And some percentage of the time, you're going to wake up from bed that way and almost all the time you'll need to pee yeah this is why like so i think about it i think to myself no this is some sort of defensive thing not an offensive thing but but all right diarrhea is a bad analogy there because what comes to mind or what what immediately came to my mind is like yeah why would they want to have you were trying to come up with another situation where you're just not really in the mood for sex. It's not the I was trying to, but, but something you don't control, like something where right, it's like, right, right. it's like physical. It's not like, oh, I could be emotionally put in the mood. It's something where it's like just kind of categorical. It's like something really, you know, and, and that can happen with sleep. Like you're just, sometimes when you wake up randomly in the night, sometime you're just really exhausted and you're not going to want to do that. Like, I don't care what, you know, kink you have. You're, you're going to forget it. You're going to have forgotten about the kink. What was what yeah. did you want to say about the diarrhea though? Were you trying to say that like the guy would never want that or something? Yeah, yeah, it was like why would I want to have sex if there's like <laughs> risk of shit everywhere? Oh, because it's her kink. She's like, look, I just you know I love the risk. I love the risk that uh, you'll plunge in and Christ. like a squirt of poo will come out or something. I'm well, just... I mean, what's well, what's but or you're so horny for me that you're willing to go through a what is it? What is it? The guy at the end of the Shawshank Redemption says he went through like a, a your pipe favorite of movie. shit. A sewer full of turds. It's like that. It's like you're so aroused by me. See, I, this is why I don't think it's that. I think it's this woman is neurotic and imagining him beating off to his ex. And she's like, fuck, I, I can't allow that. So or this pictures is of her younger self. Pictures. Of, yeah, right. We discussed that. Before. <laughs> maybe, maybe instead, like the good compromise would be she just like, look, just beat off, like just disrobe me and beat off to my naked sleeping body. That actually is probably what girls should, women should actually ask for. Right. Because that's probably what they Less actually evident. want. Well, how does this even, we got to wrap up here, but how does this even work mechanically? Like it, it would be difficult to have, I mean, I guess you could use lube or something, but she's not going to be wet. Yeah. Or she's, she's just, right. She's going to be w- w- not likely w- to be she, wet. Yeah. That's why I think that like, whatever the kink, like if it's whatever her goal is, even if either, either, no matter which of us is correct about this, I think the better implementation here is what I said. Like, like, yeah. And then she could say, look, when you're about to nut, you can wake me up and nut in my mouth. So then she doesn't have to do very much. It's like, okay, goes back to sleep. (laughs) I think what's going on is they like the notion that their partner is always wanting to have sex with them. And being woken up to that reality is something that they are uh, granting the gift of, right? Like there's, they're saying, if, if you are so compelled to have sex with me, even though, you know, nothing sexy has happened, we've just woken up, I give you permission to wake me up to, to meet that need. Yeah, this is one that like listeners would have to weigh in. I just disagree. I think yeah, that women, I think generally, it's not that they don't want to. It's not that at all. It's not that they can't enjoy it. It's that like they just view it as like a a truck they go out and start every every once in a while. Like they don't, they're not sitting around thinking like, oh, how can I even amp up more? Like they know he wants. Like anytime they hug, he gets an erection, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like anytime there's moderate play between them, he gets an erection. Like that's not. I don't think that women usually have concerned about that. Maybe she's like particularly unattractive, and so she is concerned about that. That's a that's a fact we don't know. But yeah. yeah. All right. Well. That's probably a good place to end. If you if you want to let us know uh, how you feel about being woken up for sex, uh, you can email us at why 
mmvpod at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at ymmvpod. That's a wrap on episode, what episode is this? 58? 58, yeah. 58. Uh, rate, review us, and we will catch you next time. Je me goûte.